citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about their future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Comet Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's been great, great to be back. Uh, was off the last two two weeks out, out west in California and then with my mother for her 94th birthday, the day after which um, our oldest son and his wife, uh, they gave birth to their firstborn son. Uh, and uh, the baby's healthy, and uh, we're very, very um, thankful that um, everything worked out okay. Uh, back here tonight with a with a... Familiar voice has been with us at least since the beginning of this journey, all the way back to the AFDF days. Rebecca Campbell, uh, a true salt of the earth activist, boots on the ground, in the trenches, fighting every day. Uh, her dear friend, John, uh, up in Seattle, she's now in Olympia, Washington, and they're doing great work out there. And I stumbled across uh, something that she shared. Um, a petition that was served on uh, from 30,000 30, affidavits is going to correct me. It was actually north of 60,000 on a cause of action involving natural law just this last week. Very exciting stuff, and it is making waves, and it is, it, it is uh, rippling through all over the globe right now. Rebecca, thank you for coming on. I know this is a very important presentation, and I know you said maybe you can get it done within two hours, but... Uh, I don't want to take any of your thunder away, so you have the floor. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yep. All right. I would like to share the floor. I mean, we could have it more like a discussion, but probably I'd, I'd better make a few statements to kind of set it. And, I'm all, and I know uh, 
because Fred and Dee are really good facilitators, as am I. So I think we could have have a discussion with which I feel at this point you'll see the premise of, of where I'm coming from. Uh, we need to start having not dialogues, but discussions that include a fair number of people, because if we're going to to deal with what the opening monologue of collective collective consciousness call is saying we're going we're going to have to go back to Jesus's saying ancient saying you cannot put new wine in old wineskins let's both be lost and it seems like it, 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 although we certainly have a great awakening as it is being commonly called but earlier called the apocalypse unveiling in Greek and that is and the prophecies are being fulfilled even though people are calling it by a different name and maybe not seeing that seeing them um, all right so I I feel like I believe you know from what Fred was saying that the best way to go at this get to get in the, for the moment to get at the general principle that needs to be discussed go with a few examples all right, and we and that example that Fred just mentioned that he saw when I sent it out from the Gateway Pundit, it made the Gateway Pundit, which along with the Zero Hedge, are probably the two lead story-breaking sites in the American alternative media right now. So that was a coup that it got on that site. All right, so uh, and and apparently they underestimated the number they by half, and I don't know how that happened. The number of sworn notarized affidavits that a number of and I'm sorry I'm, I'm, I'm vague on the date but I think it was earlier this week or, or late last week were delivered to the state capitol in in Olympia Washington state and and I'm going to put state in print in uh, quotes and we can also talk about that too because it's I think it's it's, a, it's an underlying cause, which is one of the things we need to start looking at, or we're not going to get to remedying the real problems. All right, so in this effort, which was a, 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 apparently superbly organized to get that many signatures and getting people to participate, and probably keeping it short, affidavits are easier to sign than certain other types of documents, which I'll get to, um, they went to the Capitol, and they went to all of the relevant major public officials, the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, you know, the, uh, the state representatives that represented a number of the people who had signed these, the state senators, secretary of state, etc. And other than the lieutenant governor, they, these documents, oh, and they had called ahead courteously and said, we are going to deliver a whole lot of documents to you and we're going to do it at such and such a time and I watched some of the videos of this and they were doing what they said they were going to do at the time they said they were going to do it and it shows them and also it was written in the Gateway Pundit with, with uh, eyewitness reports from the people doing this that they were totally rejected by all of these so-called public servants who refused service other than the, than the lieutenant governor now, my feeling about this, and it's probably yours, because I think there's more sophisticated 
people on this call who, who know more of what's going on in general in the, in, at this time in history in the world, um, they, re quote, refuse service. Well, I think that's very appropriate because these people have refused service for a very long time. This is just the outpicturing of that refusal of service. And the, although I've got some questions because of my background doing this type of law in the more complete form, which we'll get to, as I said, in, in a few minutes, a number of the people who are on the call, I'm pretty sure, because I invited them, or who will be listening to this call, there's a fair number of people already conversing in this. They've done it. They may have done it in different degrees and have different levels of expertise, but they know basics of this, plus the fact there were certain kits sent out starting in late summer of last year and then done again in, in November that went out probably worldwide and are probably having an effect, not to mention one certain website that at this point is questionable that was the, the lead in this until they decided to you know, pull some stunts and they lost some key people, including myself. And then uh, there's also uh, the, um, let's see, what the, um, uh, the public, it's, I'm forgetting the name, it means public law firm, but it's, it's run by Anavon Rights, who has a, a voluminous library of writings on natural law, on common law, common contract law, et cetera. And she's done a great, a great service in putting this in writing, not just doing videos, but actually putting it in writing where people can study it. She's written, written a number of books on it, which is also a great service, because all too few books have been written on this type of law that they don't want you to know about. And for your information, it's very difficult to find anything in law libraries, and at least for a while, for example, the University of Washington Law Library had, the, had any book that dealt with common contract law in an un... un um, what would you call unaccessible area of the library that was open only to certain staff and licensed attorneys. So they, it's obvious they don't want you to know about what this short form of what I'm talking about, which was what was done at the Capitol. They don't want you to know, uh, know about it, period, and they definitely don't know, want you to know how to do it because of the power that it has. And other than planetary meditations and prayers and, and your own personal meditations and prayer as, as sovereign God beings, and the military Earth Alliance tribunals that are either happening or are going to be happening, in fact, they are happening, but of course they can't be really, you know, that, that uh, straightforward about it right now. Uh, th these, this, is, this is the most powerful thing that people can do, although there's many, there's powerful demonstrations such as the convoys, that have, ha have definitely had an effect. And, and the thing that needs to happen right now, which includes what I'm talking about at the, at the Washington so-called state capitol, is, um, is one of them. And, and, and as many of these types of things as we can get going and use our imaginations and power as sovereign individuals and stop waiting for other, other saviors and authority figures who are going to do it for us, this is admirable. And I think this, even though they didn't, know, get the service and get and, and uh, put them on notice and, and get the effect seemingly that they wanted by doing this, I still think it had an effect at the very, two, probably two effects. Number one, it showed our status with these creatures that inhabit our, our public offices at this point, 
are selected public officials. And that is nowhere. All right, that's number one. So anybody who believes that we can call our elected rep representatives and really get something done as a whole should have had their, their illusions uh, disabused at, that, at this point by, by observing this. Number two, it will hopefully inspire others to use their own ingenuity and imagination to come up with really creative stunts, and I'm being a bit facetious here, that we can do to rattle the cages of those who would have put us in their cages. And this, this is being done. And I think they are, at this point, to be blunt, scared shitless. And this is the reason that they're engaging in the type of behavior that you saw at the state capitol, uh, that you saw, that you're seeing you know, erratically and, and often cruelly, at least you know, on a limited basis in pockets throughout the planet as these creatures are being taken off the planet. And that is about this. And we have a part in that. All right, so the, I am not certain that at, by, by the way they did this, if it's going to have the full effect, as it, um, it, if it, as it will not have as full effect as, as having done the more fuller process, which is what I, for the past, and, and, and there's many others, I cannot take credit on this, but I was one of the, the, the small group who originated it, and then it spread. And then there's also people who have done commercial contract law with natural law um, for a long time in America, Canada, I think uh, the Anglo-Saxon countries, uh, you know, the British Commonwealth and so forth. I think it's more originated there and then it might have spread to these other countries. It's definitely in Iberia at this point. That's Portugal and Spain because I know the people who are key players over there. So it's, um, but, but uh, a lot of times this was kept at a rather, I would say, kind of trivial level. And I understand it's important to, you know, get out of traffic tickets because it can really drain your budget. And then we had the the showboats that wanted to go into court and command the court and uh, over uh, the right to travel. And, you know, it's just highly effective type, type cases. And, they all, and that, of course, they would win theirs in court, and that would be it. I mean, there wouldn't be any public closure uh, about how they won it. They kind of kept it secret and, and just would use it for themselves and a few of their acquaintances. Um, and a number of us... And it's a long story, so I'm just cutting it short, you know, bullet pointing. Um, some of we need, we, excuse me, Rebecca. We have a lot of background noise. Please mute your phones. We can't find you know. all the... No, no not you, Rebecca. It, it's not oh. you, Rebecca. Anyway, I'm sorry. Mute your phones, people. You're causing uh, a recording to go a little bit of uh, foul. Okay, go ahead, Rebecca. Okay. Star six. Um, all right. So, so... Um, uh, okay, where was I? Um, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked. Let's see, where was I? Um, oh, all right. So a number of us, a small group, decided that we could take, we would take this systemic and make and and take these principles and use it for systemic issues, ones that were affecting hundreds, thousands, millions of people, rather than just a few, you know, avant-garde common law activists somewhere. And, and then we and then that began coming out and, and we we originated the 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 the, art, the form itself I would say I was one of the, the 20 people or so along with John my late partner in Seattle 
that originated the one against the smart meters when they tried to impose the smart meters on the, on, on the Seattle area, Seattle City Light, the Seattle City Council, etc. And we had some dramatic uh, resignations. Half the city council resigned within several months of us filing this. And they were the, these were the incumbents who had the war chest who could have easily won the elections. Two of the CEOs of Seattle City Light resigned. And then the mayor resigned, although he had other things, other problems, because he was a pedo predator, and that got disclosed. But you, and when you do these type of actions, it, it, you can't parse out a lot of the time where your influence uh, begins and ends, and there's other factors in there. But I don't think it helped, for example, with, with Ed Murray, that there was a $100 million possible lien, uh, you know, total, uh, over the heads, heads of those running the, the city of Seattle because of our action. And you do, you stay out of court with these actions, but you, um, you go in to collect. The only place you interface with the court is the lien process, and you have to go through a regular lien process and go in. But with only 20 or so people in a city, in a, in a municipal area of 2 million people, we were wondering, because of the corruption of the courts, if doing actually going in and uh, executing the lien would be a really good idea because, you know, that we get, you know, there's a lot of patriots and matriots sitting in jail all over the country, or at least a fair amount. There's a big one down at Terminal Island. Winston Shrout's an example, who was one of the people I studied with. And, uh, and they, um, they get accused of, pay, quote, paper terrorism, or they drum up some charge of subversion or something, and then they, and then they, or legal harassment, and they get put in prison or jail, and 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 then they, uh, there's other trumped up charges to keep them there for years. So, so they can't operate. That's political, and they're kept as political prisoners essentially. So we didn't want to risk that. I was willing to do it, and I, because I've beaten judges and lawyers in court, I I might have had a chance to do it, but, you know, we decided against it. We just kept it as an experiment, and then. We were going to have a website and have millions of people doing it, or at least thousands, where we would have had in numbers a better chance of safety. All right, and I would say with 60,000 people, <laughs> lately that's kind of grown uh, over an eight-year period, and it's, yeah. the, the movement has, has uh, multiplied exponentially, including overseas, with Roman civil law in the EU, and there's people doing it over there. So this is exciting. But we have to be discerning about, you know, uh, what we're going to do and how we're going to do it, and, and be aware that there's a lot of infiltration and subversion, skillful, very, you know, cunning, of a lot of these movements. Um, the, so I'm, I, I don't know exactly what this is going to do, for sure, the 60,000 notarized affidavits. Maybe it's more symbolic. But even so, like I said, I think... It will inspire people, and it also reveals to people the level of corruption that we're up against. And, and a lot of people, although they didn't know it, maybe now do as a result of this. Because it's kind of like so who, somebody mentioned it, uh, was it. I think it was Fred when I was talking to him the other day when he asked me to come on. We were talking about the uh, Texas versus um, Pennsylvania, the, 20, the 2020 case before the United States Supreme Court. And of course, with all the evidence that that, that exists concerning, you know, the uh, corrupted election of 2020, presidential election, this U.S. Supreme, or I call it the Supine Court, U.S. Supine Court, 
wouldn't even hear it. Totally knocked the wind out of the, the, the U.S. court system if anybody had any remaining faith in it. So it's important that these things happen. It's not particularly thrilling. You know, it's not, it's, it's very disillusioning and hurtful initially to a lot of people. I went through a lot of this earlier, so it, it sort of rolls off my back, but I, and, and I know there's others of, of us probably on this call that probably feel that way too. But for many people, like, it's really devastating. Um, all right, so, but, but the other thing is that we have to consider is we can do these actions, we can do the NLs in whatever form, whether it's the simple, simplified affidavits we're talking about en masse, or if we're doing smaller uh, groups but still big enough to make an effect with the full NL process. And I'm, I'm, right, I'm saying in code what this document is because ever, or process is, because whenever I mention it, that's when I get cut whether it's in emails or phone calls. Um, so um, we have to consider what, to, at getting at the underlying cause and not just going after symptoms. But, you know, they're, they're going to keep popping up. Although I would say that the NL process, in whatever form it's being done, you are tending to get at the underlying problem because, A, if it's done properly, it is a spiritual process, and a lot of this is spiritual, and that monologuist at the beginning of collective consciousness call is rightly saying that there's two sides to this. There's the wolves and the sheep. And it's a codependency between the wolves and the sheep that have allowed this crap to go on for many centuries. And we're breaking out of that right now. Um, and the NL, because it acknowledges there's a spiritual process if it's done correctly, and even in the contract, it, it cites the King James Version of 1611 in, in one of the more powerful versions, which is one of the ones I use, um, and this sort of thing, and it actually casts a spell and puts it right back in the faces of those who, who cast the demonic spells on the minds of the people of this planet for many thousands of years. It breaks the spell. Um, so that's, I would say that's pretty hard-hitting. But also, um, there's also the fact that it, because it's a contract, it acknowledges sovereignty and our right to consent, and it also, which is, has been grossly violated both by, our, both by the perpetrators and by ourselves, allowing it to be ignored many, many centuries. And then also have the problem of, um, on a, more on the physical plane, uh, it, that, it, that we have the banking cartel, which is what they've used to, along with deceit, to control the planet for this long. Uh, many legal actions don't get at that underlying cause. Perhaps when you're dealing with contract law, commercial contract law, emphasis here on commercial, that's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> that you're, go you're going at, you're going for the jugular because that's you're getting at an underlying, you know, key cause for, for everything we're witnessing. And if you take that out, you're taking you're taking away their power. Media, I would say, the media as well, and that's taking being taken care of right now. So anyway, um, I, I would like if, if uh, Fred, Dee Dee, anybody else would like to say something or ask a question, and then we can go from here. But what we, in my opinion, what we need to be discussing are ways that that we can get at underlying causes, and pick really effective things to do that maybe were not known before or even invented before, such as the NL process and whatever form we decide to use it, oh, separate from the courts. Some of the people may want to use the courts, and I think it's like a crapshoot at this point. 
sometimes you win. The other problem with the court is somebody appeals it, and then it can be knocked out, whereas with the NL, you can't do that. And I, there's many, uh, there, I can tell you about it, but for the moment, please take my word for it tentatively because it, it's on their back once, once they accept service, which is why they wouldn't accept service of these 60,000 or more documents. Um, but what we have to look at is new ways of organizing and considering networks and, and organizations as a whole. Because if we keep the same top-down mentality that, that the would-be controllers and the power, as we, or powers that were, as some of us like to call them, uh, have had for many centuries, which is a military style of organization, the pyramid, um, we're, we're just going to perpetuate it. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. Um, the whole idea that somebody needs to represent us. And I understand that's part of the, the sacred republic of the patriots and matriots of America, you know, part of our tradition and all that. But we may even have to just keep the principles of the Constitution, but we may have to find new ways of, or, of, of governance based on those principles and not exactly in detail of the way we've done it in the past because we saw, we see how easily it was blocked. We did have a republic. Benjamin Franklin said, we have a republic if you can keep it. We were only able to keep it really for about 80 years before it got subverted during the Civil War. And we haven't had it, in truth, ever since. The endless states of emergency, such as we have had in Washington State, which is actually the Washington territory, U.S. territory or colony, because it's got a fake constitution, and that's another problem that hasn't been addressed. Nobody acknowledges we have a fake constitution, and we're a U.S. territory here, governed by the federal government. And that's how all these reprobates, such as you know Gates, Bozos of Amazon, and all these people, well, okay, we'll say creatures, um, have gotten in here and dominated this for so long without a whole lot of resistance. So we've got to start looking at, at, at uh, something that popped up today, and I, I clued in one of my associates, who I believe is on the call. She knows who she is. Dee Dee knows who she is. I was talking to her and Dee Dee this morning by email, and I said, I got synchronistic signals, and it's I, I can mention what happened if you want, but I'd prefer... If, you know, unless I need to do that, they know what they are. It was quite striking, and I had gotten this insight as I woke up this morning. What we need to talk about partially is how we can look at these new, this new paradigm of organizing, of servant leadership, not um, totalitarian God leadership, you know, God, um, savior, personal savior type leadership, but self-organizing systems. Where you've got a bunch of sovereigns. And they're all uh, equals, and you might have at certain times a first among equals who was facilitating it, like, well, look at what we're doing here. I'm, I intend, I mean, I don't know if it'll turn out that way. I'd like to have a discussion, but at the moment, I'm the first among equals because I'm giving the, the opening statement. I'm hoping that we can have a discussion so this doesn't turn into a lecture because that tends to be top down, whereas and you could have that, but I think if you're going to make it fruitful, especially in these times when you've got much, much I, know, I know it doesn't seem like it, but we actually have much more evolved consciousness at this point, and I think that that tends to limit uh, our, our access to the mind of God, our universal creator, which is embodied in each of us and can be tapped if it's properly done in a more facilitative, 
manner that allows us to be like geese, and that was one of the symbols that I got this morning, uh, strongly when I was talking to Didi and my associate. Um, and, and if you look at a flock of geese, um, you see that they fly in a wedge, and it's not a. But it, and might you might say, oh, that's a pyramid. No, actually, it isn't because it doesn't have a bottom. It's just a V shape. So it differs from the pyramid. And then you have one goose at the apex of the pyramid, and that goose is the quote leader. But it's been observed by, you know, by uh, aviologists and so forth, and, and for centuries that um, every so often when the lead goose in the apex of the of the V shape, the wedge shape, gets tired, that goose goes to the back, and then another goose gets in there you know, to lead, you know, who's fresh and, and untired. Another option might be the geese have a conversation. Hey, Joe, <laughs> we're, we're in, in, more in your territory. Uh, do you know more about this than, than we do? My, my um, uh, magnetite in my forehead is uh, not registering where we are. So can you, can you get up here and lead for a while? They, re they rotate leadership. Leadership is a function. It is not a position. And I, if people were, were tied in chairs and forced to listen to this as much as they listen to the idiot media, this could get into their subconscious minds and begin to change things and get them out of the personal savior mode. Because if you know in a, in a self-organizing system, you're in a self-organizing system, uh, such as a, a, a flight path of, of the geese, um, you discern, oh, somebody mentions there's a problem where they don't, they don't know a certain thing that we need to know as a group, and you raise your hand and say, oh, I happen to know that. I know where that is, or I know how to do that. And then, oh, you can have the floor. Or why don't you do, a, do an action where you have a committee, and then you report back to us. That's different from, from representing. It's, it's more like letting somebody go with their expertise and then interface with the group. So that's, this is a completely different way of operating than a, quote, republic does. And I'm not advocating anarchy either, if somebody's going to accuse me of that, because I'm not going fully with the, with the republic as it's existed in the past, but hasn't existed for over, what, 160 years now? except in people's imaginations, um, we see the, the results of anarchy in what's been happening in the streets of the leftist-run cities, the globalist-run cities, you know, with, with what's been going on, the people living on the streets and, and all manner that, of things that I don't need to describe because we're all aware of it. That's anarchy. That's not my idea either. It's a more flexible type of, of organization, process-oriented, that allows all people to have leadership, recognize leadership capacities and are able to use them in the freest manner possible. Further, we now have the technology to do this, and I, I was talking to an associate 30 years ago in San Francisco, Dwayne Elgin actually, the well-known futurist in the best sense. He was a good person, not a, you know, a globalist. And we were talking about, I, I predicted that we would someday have handheld devices where we could vote, from which we could vote. And he agreed. I, he said, I, I see that too. I don't know in what, exactly what form it's going to come. But when we have that, there's no reason for us to have all these representatives that sequester themselves in these halls of power. Because 
if they ha if there's a question to be voted, like at a city council meeting or something, and, and it needs to be devolved into more local governance as well, I might add that too. Very important point. You go to the city council and you're, you're watching on your device and you see they've got a question and they need to call the question. Well, everybody um, votes at that point. And if we had an honest system, if we had honest technology, we could do that. The underlying problem is the paradigm of leadership and then, and then the, the corruption that comes as a result of the, the authoritarian pyramid military par patriarchal paradigm that needs to be replaced into a more circular, and I might add feminine, that's what's needed, sorry everyone, and of, of radiating circles. That's what's needed at this point. All right, so um, I'd be glad to open the floor and, and, and let people uh, ask questions or, or discuss what I've just said, because I think what I've said, and however I've spoken, however long I've spoken, is fairly provocative and should keep us busy for a while. Would you like your um, your partner Stephanie to, to speak up, or should we go on to to other questioners? I, Stephanie Stephanie has been working with me uh, on on a number of projects. Very, uh, very, I'm sure she'll agree with me. They've been very interesting and certainly provocative to those who would keep power. Um, and and she she's been working on the uh, the election integrity movement, which is, has been extremely important, and then also. Uh, know somewhat about what was going on in the state capitol that we were talking about. She's got her own perspectives, her own networks, and she knows some of the people involved. Dr. Stephanie, would you like to make would you like to make a comment before we open it up? And if you're muted, star six, and you can unmute yourself. Otherwise, Fred, would you like to start out? Yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, Rebecca, uh, you used the term NL. Uh, not many people, or most people know it, but uh, just to reiterate, natural law is NL, right? Well, it is, but, okay, I'll say it once, and I, I'm not going to keep saying it because it, this is censored, and, and they'll, they'll take at least me off the air if we keep talking about yeah. it. I, I'd appreciate I it if everybody keeps saying NL. What it stands for... If you take the hyphen out of the middle, notice of liability. That's all I want to okay. say. And people could talk to me afterwards if they want to get a hold of me. Go ahead. Got it. Please. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, these things do get infiltrated and censored uh, very, very, uh, very much. So what you're talking about here is um, the emerging decentralized world, networked world, Rebecca, uh, and, and the handheld device, uh, the blockchain technology of crypto, uh, all of these things are eventually going to come and, 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 and eviscerate any centralized options that are out there. At least that's, that's what we all, that's why we're on the show every Thursday. It's a decentralized option. It's a decentralized flowering of energy and connecting at, at the local level and, and you're out there in Seattle or, or, or Washington. I'm here in Chicago. Dee's in Portland. Steve, and we come together uh, from out of many one uh, on this call. But um, and uh, but uh, getting back to uh, what you and John did with the smart meters, uh, you learned as you went uh, and saw patterns emerge, and yeah. you 
it attracted people to the cause many years ago, and, and, and we all did this with the petitions with Bob Schultz. We signed so many different files in the Wendell County Courthouse. We had them notarized and everything else. But uh, uh, what it sounds like is that this is starting to go, uh-oh. Yeah. Well, we have unmuted everybody. So those of you unmuted, if you aren't able to be quiet, um, please mute yourself. Star six. No, no problem. Okay. Go ahead. It's good to be unmuted. Go ahead. We want, to, we want to create a discussion here, guys. But in any event, uh, it sounds like this has now taken the next step. It's gone viral, uh, and and there will be examples of. 60,000 will turn into 2 million, will turn into 10 million, whatever. Uh, that's what it sounds like. Yes. I got an email. I got, I got bounced, or the audio, like I said, repeatedly, my audio has been shut down ever since 2009 when I was doing, just before I did the, the federal case that laid out what is going on now with the pandemic. The, plan, the word pandemic is my word. I invented it, and it went viral in the last year or two, but I invented it about 13 years ago along with medical martial law. Those are my terms to describe what, exactly what's going on. And, and medical martial law was actually in the name of the case, the full name. So anyway, um, I noticed that I was starting to get muted, uh, like, or not muted, to cut off the audio. And, yeah. I, 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 and, and ever since then, I've had a problem. When I go to the state capitol, it happens too to speak. The other activists will give me deference because I'm going to say some things that they, you know, don't know about or something like the Capper scam, for example, and the, the criminal charges that I that done in 2012 about that, and the fact that we have a fake constitution in Washington, so-called state, that included that. Um, they they would they would put me first on the list, and then the the creatures who were running the meeting at the, at the state capitol on healthcare and that sort of thing, like the about vaccinations, and I had the figures on how much Washington State had invested in the pharmaceutical cartel, and they wouldn't, and they would jump over me and cherry pick and wouldn't let me speak. And they did that every single damn time I went to the Capitol. Also, they know I'm a very powerful speaker, so they jump over me, and finally, I refuse to go back into the Capitol. I've never been back to this day. Even though I live here, I, I, I will not go into the state capitol because it's a den of vipers and, and, and thieves, such as what we saw the other day when the good, these good people went with the 60,000 or more sworn affidavits that they wouldn't even look at. So um, I don't think my assessment is off on this. Um, the, okay, where was I, though? What, remind me, Fred. Well, we were talking about the decentralized nature. That's what I was talking about, which is right. the, the so, example, the new type of organization. Yeah. So, so this this is new is new though because they got that many people to do it, and so they all everybody that did that must have heard something at least vague, vaguely about what we're talking about with 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 this this uh, hybrid common contract law sort of action, or they would have said no, I'm not going to sign that or whatever. They must, they must have trusted it or they wouldn't have done it. And, and the other thing is, if you do it as a group, um, even, if it, even if it's supposedly dangerous and not one person, not, I might add, not one person, I'm, I, and I'm really serious about this, has ever gone to prison doing one of these type of actions in a group. And mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, I was, and here's another example of me being cut off. 
they must be really scared because they won't they won't let this out at all. Um, it, oh, and this was four or five years ago. I was asked by a group in Pennsylvania to, to work with them in filing NLs to kept, keep their, their analog meters rather than the corrupt Pennsylvania Utilities Commission imposed uh, smart meters. And uh, I, I was blocked. When, when I went to get into freeconferencecall.com, what the rather nervous facilitator on the East Coast had chosen to use, not, people tried to sign in as well as myself, and the passwords wouldn't work. And then the nervous facilitator got back to the conference call you know, people, and then they assigned us a second password, tried it again. None of the passwords worked. And we did it a third time. The, pa the third time, the passwords wouldn't work. So I think we could safely conclude that somebody didn't want us to talk. So I never got a, a chance to speak. And then this other colleague, who was one of the people I worked closely with, I guess ended up speaking to them. He was able to speak to them. I wasn't. Anyway, I did get to speak once with them, and I emailed a lot with them. So it was, And then they, it turned out, I found out later, and nobody bothered to tell me this. It was a couple years later. I found out that 70 of them, at 70 people in Pennsylvania, um, did this action together, an NL, just like we did in, we pioneered in, in uh, it was the same one that we did in Seattle. 70 of them kept their smart meters, all 70. Not one of them lost their analog meter. I think that's pretty impressive. Nobody that's was great. Good. Nobody went to jail. And this is only a couple years after we had had some successes, but not a total success. I'm not saying it was a total success because it was a pilot in Seattle. We only had we had too few people to um, you know to, to fully um, jar the powers that were, you know, to stop it. But we did make an impact. And yeah. and this is the type of thing when when you when you when you're using this type of organization, it has power because that's the way the universe operates. All these things that we're doing right now, it's like constructs of control on top of the natural energies of the universe. And it works for a time. You, you, in the universe, you've got, seemingly, you've got Newtonian and um, quantum, Newtonian and quantum physics. And it's actually the quantum physics that, that's real, that, or, or real outside of a very, very small part of the universe. It's the quantum energy fields and so forth that are, 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 are predominant in the universe. And then you get all this talk about um, entropy and all this. That's a pocket of the universe. The, um, the, the non-entropic type energies and, and, and constructs in the universe are actually what is ultimately real. So we're coming into a type of cosmic consciousness pioneered by Jesus when he came here, and we are going to ascend if we, if we agree to do it. But in order to get to that point, we're going to have to give up constructs. We're going to have to give up babyfied behavior. And we're going to have to get with the program of, of get with, getting with other people, not trying to be, you know, uh, authority figures or personal saviors for people. Because people at this point wouldn't even be on the planet if they were not sufficiently mature to be here right now. They're not letting young souls on the planet right now. It's too dangerous with all that's going on here. But every single person you see around you is capable of doing this or they wouldn't be here. So, for one, I'm not going to try to be somebody's personal savior at this point. Jesus and these other people 
for centuries, maybe I was one of them when I was here earlier, already did it. So why do I have to keep doing it? I would like to share information like we're doing now and other people take it and run with it. And I think we, we have the ability to do this. One other example, and, I, and I'm really bullet pointing this, was 20 years ago, I, w I went to Earth Haven Eco Village. And I was part of, and I, I, have, I probably have more experience living in cooperative communities, you know, uh, intentional communities, than probably anybody on this call. And, and usually when any group I'm in, because I have like 11 to 12 years experience doing it, including wow. my religious order, my esoteric Christian religious order. So met years ago when I was very young. So I, I was at the Earth, I was, was with another partner named Steve at the Earth Haven uh, Eco Village, and then for economic reasons we had to leave for a while to see if we could get up the reasonable prices they were charging for land on their on their community land. And when we went into Asheville, North Carolina, ears should prick up, <laughs> where I lived for six and a half years, it was an, oh. it was an unintentional community. It's a gloriously beautiful place like Seattle area. And um, and and every and people have people from all over the world. It has uh, uh, sapphire in the mountains that attract UFOs. It's absolutely fabulous. It's it's got a deep spiritual vibration. The Cherokees and the and the Native Americans love the place because of of its beauty and because of its spiritual power. So and we we loved it too. And there was great community there. And then they decided to try to build some WalMarts. Super WalMarts and. Two of them in a city of 100,000 people. So we, so we had, and, and what, what actually it turned out, that was the opening volley of, of a war that went on for three years. And looking back on it, now I know what it was. The Vanderbilt, the Cecil Vanderbilt, who have the Biltmore Estate, that's Anderson Cooper's people, folks. Uh -huh. And I, I, I think you saw some of the pictures of the swimming pool in the Biltmore Estate, so you get the idea yeah. of what actually was going yeah. on there. That's who... I ended up, I was one of the coordinators for this movement of um, community-supported development. Instead of community-supported agriculture, we call it community-supported development. And I was like the, you know, one of the two, our president and vice president, the, co the coordinators of it. And um, I always get tasked with this sort of thing when I go to meetings. I get stuck being the leader, which is supposedly. But I, again, I try, it's like a hot potato to me. I try to, I try to delegate as much as possible and get everybody involved. And, and that succeeded because what we ended up with and, and what we were battling at this point, I look, again looking in hindsight, it was a beta test of Agenda 21. That's exactly what they were doing. And I don't have time mm. to get into it. There are nine yeah. parts to this. They tried to crush the city because of its spiritual beauty and power so they could take it over. And the Cecil Vanderbilt were covertly leading the operation, and I got proof on that when I did some investigation on it. And we, and out of the nine things they tried to do, we won. Getting using a self-organizing system, we won eight and a half out of nine against the cabal. Oh. Wow. So, type of legal actions, and that I'm describing, and this type of organization has tremendous power. And if people would just, you know, get off their positions, get off their victimhood, and start asserting their sovereignty, they too could operate in that manner. And, and I, I suggest we have part of the discussion, you know, at least temporarily taking this as a, as a possible 
discussion topic that, uh, that has some worth, and look at how we could develop some self-organizing systems on things like the fact that Washington State is a, is a U.S. territory, the fact that it's got a totally corrupt you know, uh, state corporate government, and I mean, that, this could go for other states too, uh, you know, just things of this type that we can manage. We've got a co-op. Some of you, they're on my mailing list, and Dee Dee and Fred are on that too. Um, you saw that there, the Olympia co-op, food co-op, which, which was probably the most powerful and influential about a decade ago because they were involved with the whole Port of Olympia action to, to stop the Striker Brigade tanks going to Iraq. That got world mm. attention. And, and, they, and they also uh, did the, the boycott of uh, Israel against Palestine that had tremendous controversy around it, and they stood their ground. So I had great respect for this when I came down here after John passed away and to, you know, to live in Olympia, and I was, I was proud to be a member of this co-op. Now it's been taken over by the COVID cult communists. Today oh they God. stated that even though the federal government removed any mask mandate, or they're about to, they're going to make the decision, even though they had, they had a questionnaire, they didn't bother to meet with anybody. They did the, one of their, their little online questionnaires, you know, to avoid dealing with people like the creatures in, in the state capitol do, and, and, you know, wanted to see what our position was on this sort of thing, you know, dealing with the pandemic. And they admitted in the, in the notice that they sent out today that, um, that the majority of the members of the, of the cooperative uh, wanted wanted the, the the mandate removed, but they said for the good of all, we've decided to countermand that and run it for a whole other uh, month. What has been going on for for a couple of, two to three years now, and it's yeah, evident yeah. They, 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 that they're trying to corrupt the entire organic food movement and agriculture movement and cooperative movement. And uh, it's to the point where I call them the Olympia Co-op. OPT at the end. They're a co-op, not a co-op. And and I spoke out very strongly today and sent it out to my email list. And not everybody, uh, not not all the people in, uh, overseas got it, but the people who I knew would be interested in Washington State, so-called, uh, and what was going on here. I don't think. Oh, and in my building, they've installed. If, if some people already know this, all of a sudden, and they're targeting two of us in the building, but all, but they're targeting older people in general. They put 75G connected smart meters that are double the amplitude, at least double the amplitude of a normal smart meter, and it's right underneath my apartment. Oh my God! Wow. So I have it up here to keep me busy, right on my doorstep. I don't need to go looking for things, you know, to, you know, to, to have to take action on. And I think if everybody will examine their lives, they don't need to be worrying as much about although you need to be praying and meditating about it, about some of these things, you know, in the, in, on Earth as a planetary thing, I don't think you need to be spending your time worrying about Ukraine, which is a, largely a PSYOP anyway, not totally, but partly, and, and it's, it's, the, it's the white hats that are doing it. Um, I think you need to look at what's on your doorstep. That includes what's within your own heart as well as what's going on seemingly outside you, right near you. Stop ignoring that and, 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 you know, sending emails back and forth, ain't it awful, you know, type emails, and actually decide to do something. 
So each person, ha in my opinion, has to consult within themselves and be guided, but in my opinion, they need to be guided by some other princi principles as the past American Republic. Because I don't think we're going to be, after this especially, I don't think we're going to be able to go back to that if we ever had it, except for 80 yeah. years for the Civil War. All right. So I think, again, we've got plenty to discuss. So I'd love to hear some other people's thoughts about this. I have a comment I'll make to you, Rebecca. Yes. Real, real quick, Fred. Um, you know who Cliff High is, right? Yes, he used to be from uh, Olympia. Well, he still lives in Washington, but I just wanted to tell you, he calls the socially organized collective the SOC. And so it was nice to hear you say that same thing because uh, it, it, it is a socially organized collective that people get together without, you know, from the bottom up. But I wanted to share with you, he, every week now, he's writing to everybody that's in office in Washington there in Olympia and sending them all the facts about what they're doing to break the law and all the things that are being done uh, to undermine their efforts. And he's yeah. sending them to all of their assistants, their um, interns and everything. He's educated them all. And he's doing it every week. He's putting it on record there. So I just wanted to let you know that you've got that ally there. I mean, I'm in Washington State at the moment, too. So uh -huh. Who am I speaking to? Yeah. 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 So anyway, it's great the effort he's making. I'm really impressed by it and, and yours as well. So that's my comment. So go ahead, anyone else. Rebecca, that was Dee Dee speaking. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that was me, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm sorry. You broke up a little bit, Dee Dee. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, so did you hear what I had to say though about Cliff? Oh, yeah, definitely. The um, yeah, the tone of voice didn't it wasn't as normal. But but that's an example of somebody, and he has a lot of abilities, and and has a lot of resources. With what he does, you know, with his readings on the on the on the social consciousness through the internet and compiling those yeah. figures, that's an example of, of he's got something there, and then he's figuring out a really imaginative, creative way of what he, even as an individual, can do, and that's highly creative, and that's the type of thing each of us has to look within ourselves, and then sometimes you can't do it by yourself; you have to have a network to do it. So then you discern. You need to tap that network, and you need to organize some people in using some of the principles we're talking about, not with you as a the activist, you as a humble uh, leader working with other people, a righteous cause. And that's an example. But thank you, Dee, because that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. I don't believe yeah, well, that. It's, uh, we've got... Everybody's unmuted. Is somebody trying to talk to Rebecca? Yeah, this is Stephanie. I was just trying to contribute okay. to the conversation as well. Go ahead. The little background noise is Steve keeps unmuting everyone so they can um, ask a question, but then we have to go back and mute them if they aren't being quiet. So go ahead, Stephanie. Okay. So just as a point of clarification, the reason why there's some um, confusion over whether it was 30 or 60,000 affidavits is because they did two sets of affidavits. One was geared towards oh. the election integrity, and the second oh. one was geared towards the um, the masking, etc. That's why mandates. they, yeah, because of the mandates, yeah. So um, the thing that I think that that 
brought to light, especially um, after how the officials rejected the overture, is that people are going to be extraordinarily impassioned now. And I think it's a ripe time to ask people to involve themselves again in signing one of these types of notices. Um, maybe um, the one that Rebecca is suggesting, which is, you know, in, involved with um, going after the more systemic issues and the longer contract, I think, packs a punch. So the one thing that we all need to remember here is that this is really a spiritual war. It's a war of consciousness. So the more that people are told they need to stand in their sovereignty, that's great, but we need to actually have weapons in hand of how to do that. And everyone has a different soul you know, type. So every, if something is going to resonate with some people more than others. But I think this is a great tool to get people involved in raising the consciousness of what it looks like to stand in your sovereignty. And as they learn about what the document does and how it works, that is just going to be an opportunity for more education to them in terms of, well, what is natural law and why does that make sense? And what is common law and how do we live that way? How do we incorporate that into our daily lives? And what that does as well is it brings us into new communities of people that are like-minded individuals that are, you know, basing their life off these types of spiritual principles. And it creates a whole new spiritual network of etheric energy across you know, um, wherever we all are, which just, you know, raises the frequency so that, um, you know, the Christ can incorporate more into our everyday lives and into our um, spiritual sense, which makes it far more difficult for the enemy to penetrate those types of forces and shields around our ourselves and our, our families and our, our communities. I, I totally agree, obviously, Stephanie. Well said. Thank you. Well said, Stephanie. Very, very positive and hopeful. We have to remain that way because, really, um, it is the dark side going down, but what's coming in to replace it is the Christ. So it's really important that we stay focused on that part of it. It's too easy to fall into the trap of hopelessness and despair with the onslaught of, you know, total destruction and annihilation of the soul that the enemy is attempting to, you know, bring to this planet. And so it's our job to remember to welcome in the inviter and to accept the invitation of the inviter and to be in active participation in that, in that um, exchange. And it's really from that platform that is the highest engagement of warfare that we can involve ourselves in is, you know, taking a position of sovereignty in Christ. It is from that platform that we will win this war. That's how God can bring himself in to this war far more than if we're just, um, you know, dredging through the day and exchanging notes on what kind of hellhole you know, Washington has become today. So that's how I like to go about doing it anyways. It's just too easy to become overwhelmed with um, the onslaught of warfare that's being engaged um, against constituents of this state and humanity in general. 
So it's yeah, a constant challenge. Especially when the DOD is funding the media to lie about all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. I think it's really important that we turn the TVs off. They have nothing positive to contribute to our life at this point. And whatever it is that's going to take us to get through this with some semblance of strength and psychological balance is to pay attention to how we are feeling every single day and taking really good care of ourselves because we have to get through this. We're losing too many people to suicide. We're losing too many kids to drugs and alcohol and you name it. We have to remain strong. There are certain warriors on this planet right now who are birthing themselves into the grandiosity of their soul in Christ. And we need to, we can all be that person. It really is important to keep our eyes on where we want to go. Like in any sport, where do you, where do you throw the ball in tennis? Where do you hit the ball? You look where you want it to go and it goes there. But if you look at your racket as you hit that ball, it doesn't go anywhere that you've controlled, but you have, we have to keep our eyes on where we want to go. And the media is just too busy trying to hold us down in the travesty of what's occurring around us. Whether it's true or not, no one can really say. You know, it's just bad news after bad news. Thankfully, it's... Go ahead, Rebecca. I'm just going to say briefly... Um, I totally agree with what Stephanie said just from this morning because I, uh, I went to listen to something that was, I believe, fairly truthful and positive that someone had sent me while I was doing, doing a couple things around outside my office, but I could still hear it you know, from the computer. And, and then as I was in the kitchen and, and it was on YouTube, and you know how YouTube automatically switches to another video immediately afterwards. Uh, the next video that came up inadvertently, I mean, I, it, I, I, I couldn't gauge because I was in the kitchen, as I said. It c- comes up with, and I guess it was sort of alternative news, and I've heard this guy that was on there. But it was, it was so, um, so vibrational, and it had that whole vibration. I mean, it, it, I think it came from the, from the t- TV originally. I think it was from Fox News or something. And anything from the, from the media and from the from the tel, the television it has that vibration they they have done something to the vibration that's coming out of that box as well as what they've done to the images when it went to digital over a decade ago and that and and the images come at what is it 560 images a minute whereas in digital it's it's a more natural 28 or something and they did that deliberately so they could put subliminals in, so negative subliminals, I might add, dealing with pedivoria and, uh, you know, all manner of really, really sinister type things that you're uh, taking in, and for the most part, you can't see it unless there's a glitch. So I think get, getting off the television is, I believe, the prince of the power of the air, and that, you know, that makes sense. That's what, what it it's called it's your it's on the air etc well that's that's what it is wrote a really powerful poem about it the prince of, it's called the prince of the power of the air and it's talking about television so anyway i think i think i agree with stephanie because i got a i got a really granular 
you know, uh, experience of this this morning, and I don't watch that type of thing. So it really stood out to me. I really felt it. And I think what Stephanie said about getting off, you know, the, the mainstream media, including some of the, the so-called alternatives mainstream media, might be a good idea. You, I think you'd be a lot better, you know, going with the, with the webcasts and this sort of thing, such as what we're doing here. Yeah, and you know, something I've noticed this last week or so, <clears throat> especially since we know that in Ukraine that Putin is bombing the, uh, the bio labs uh, that are producing the more of the viruses, and that's what this is about. And the same thing is going to happen probably to Taiwan, and people are going to say, oh, it's a war, Russia's terrible and all that. But even the, the some of the most staunch alternative media shows, <clears throat> I notice they've gotten a little complacent, and they're they're running out of the proper intel. Because I'll see something and I'll, I'll figure it out and then they'll be reporting it, still doing it on the low frequency. And if they don't step up, even the alt media, they got to keep up, you know, because the information is there and you got you to gotta work to find it. You got to work on it. I never turn on the any other kind of news, but I can't stand the frequency. But um, yeah, so, so, but I've seen a couple of people who I thought, well, I'm not going on their show because they're, they're lagging. And then the next few days I check in and they finally caught up. So, you know, you got to have your, you, you got to have your mind in that frame of the forward motion of information because we're in an information age and uh, we are switching the frequency as a, as a socially organized collective. And, and so everybody has to have those boots on the ground when it comes to what it is they're, they're putting out of their programs, they have the ability and the, the privilege of being that. And I know a lot of these, some of these people are going to be the main, they're going to take the place of, of this fake news stuff. And they, so they've got to keep working uh, on that and moving forward. But anyway, go ahead then, Fred, or anyone else? Yeah, we, we had a, a great guest on a few weeks ago, Chris Martell, you want to go back and click on that link, Chris Martell, on this show. We had a wonderful discussion about positivity and the energy of, of the spiritual awakening that's taking place is all pointing higher, uh, full of light, full of, uh, of radiated uh, truth, wisdom, uh, playfulness, and, and, and fun, uh, which, is, which is childlike, godlike. It's not dark. It's not fearful. It, it's it's courageous and and fun and uh, positive. But to that That's point, I think it's um. Well, go ahead, Rebecca. Well, I was just going to say that it seems like uh, the middle ground in this in this battlefield is thinning, and the polarities between the positive and the negative are growing. And for how bad things are, it's really bad. And then how great things are, they're really great. And that middle ground is really thinning out. So I think that uh, it pays, um, it, it, it's good for us to remember how um, polarizing this situation is and just yeah. how they're trying to thin out the middle class. The same thing's happening energetically. And so we have to pick where we want to inhabit. No, I fight on the ground quite a bit um, through paperwork and other projects like that. And so I find myself really having to pull out and remind myself like, okay, so it's time to focus on the good. And uh, it's really important to, to remain psychologically balanced in this 
more time to pay attention to just how wonderful things are in in um, that's you know all of the energies that are coming in. We've never seen these types of energies come in before, so it's absolutely glorious and beautiful. Um, you know, you be able Smith, to experience you that. Betty? Yes. Uh, you're on the call. Uh, I wanted to interrupt just for a minute to make sure we clarified. You and I talked the other day before you went into the nursing home, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, let me ask you right now, uh, are, are the Ukrainian people, are they a bunch of liberals and they deserve to die? Nope. Okay. And do you really believe that uh, they're doing gas so they can gas the Russians? The Russians are in there to liberate them because uh, the Ukrainians are a bunch of Nazis. Do you believe that? No, no. Okay. I want to clarify that because if you look on AUNetwork.tv, we 100%. I am 69 years old. If I didn't have a wife and son, I would be over there fighting with them. And I'm the one that started this network with Betty Smith, who's on the line talking right now. So I want to make sure that's understood. But uh, uh, that's, uh, that's all I had to say. Thank you. Yeah. I, Steve, I saw some films today of a lady uh, uh, broadcaster in Ukraine, and she was reporting, and she was really sincere and very well-informed. She said that the problem over there is that Ukrainians are, are bombing their own people. Is that right, Betty? Also. You believe that? You believe that, Betty? I know. I have no idea what's all going on, really. Uh, I don't think we need to to stop that because I will end this call. I am totally against Putin. He's a fucking asshole. He's a the, he's Hitler. Period. Okay. But I am not I endorsing any of that crap. Period. Those people are innocent and they're dying. They are not Nazis. The guy who's president of the country is a is a Jew. His family members were killed, so you know I'm not I, going along. I don't crap. think I don't think they're Nazis. No, not at all. all I was right, well, just sharing that. Drop it. Let's drop it because I, I don't like that. I am not raised like that, and like I said, I would be over there fighting with them if I didn't have a wife and a son. I would right now. Tonight. Okay. All right. I, I respect your. I'm getting I respect with your. It all. <laughs> <Steady>. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So uh, are we are we still on? Yeah, yep. we're still on. Okay. So, I, see, I, I'm just showing this as an example of the polarization that we're running into, and and people are 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 really adamant about things, and I'm also working with the, and I I, I gave up this for a while, wisely, you know, in 2016, I've been working with the transpartisan movement to try to get such, you know, controversy such as we just heard um, and get people together to talk about it and share information in a civil and, and more nuanced manner, hopefully. And uh, I actually facilitated some of, some of the sessions we had in Seattle. Keep in mind, though, this was a decade ago when things are, were, were not as, you know, triggering as they are now, polarized. And, uh, and there wasn't that, I might add, there weren't, weren't that many cosmic energies coming in, creating chaos and, and extreme feelings in people and that sort of thing. Um, and we, I actually facilitated one, I took the most difficult of all the ones, I tend to be brave, uh, which was climate change. 
And that is, and at that point, that was hugely. I think it still is, but it's 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 been put to the sidelines. But we had like you know liberal activists from the climate change movement, and and I'm not gonna say climate change cult, but anyway, they came in and talked. We ate together before we um, engaged in this discussion. We had almost 100 people in the room, of all parts of this political spectrum, and and until we can get to the point where we can engage in that manner and have discussions without repercussions and, and a lot of anger being expressed, although I, although we did have that happen. That's why I said I was brave doing it, because there were some people who did get angry, but we did stick with it, and those people were able to talk it out with the opposing people, and we ended up on a civil basis, an even friendly basis, with people from opposing sides going home and then keeping in contact with each other. So um, I think that, that we need to get to the point where we're, we're not going to have, I, I'm not saying we can't have some anger because I'm a very passionate person myself, but I think we have to be open to uh, a couple, keeping a couple of viewpoints in our consciousness until we're absolutely certain about things rather than closing down and, and then getting angry or or just or cynical, and even even I think worse than than anger. And I'm not condemning anybody because I've gotten angry. I'm, I'm not saying I haven't, but um, uh, cynicism. Get this this really jaded cynicism. A lot of people and a lot of activists that come to this, and you I'll, and notice I and some of the people are not on my email list, but a lot of the people or at least a fair number of the people on the call, I believe, are on my email list, or people who will hear this after it gets sent out because they can be on tonight in the recording. And um, and I I send out, and it's pretty well known now, and I guess it's rather popular, which, is in, which sort of, you know, amazes me because I've never considered myself to be, I'm too truthful to be popular, I thought. But um, anyway, a lot of people enjoy the Benjamin Fulford updates that have the the uh, contextual comments that I write. Uh, and then also, I follow, I, in the last year or two, I followed it up with the positive news update. And I will often, you know, send this out, and, and, and in the positive news, and I think Fulford reports themselves have incredible geopolitical implications, and a lot of it, I've even criticized Fulford right on my, you know, version of it, you know, with my comments. He seems rather fatuous, and he waffles around according to what source he has that week, and sometimes he's diametrically opposed in what he says from one week to the other because of this and so forth. Still, you're getting very invaluable uh, general, so five, uh, what would you call it, overviews, like a, like a satellite above the Earth, being able to see the bigger picture. You get at least some vague idea of what's going on. And then I attempt to bring it more down to Earth, although I also deal with disclosure and, and spiritual things as well, is a positive news update. And, I, and if you read the positive news update, I picked some of the most uplifting things in the news, some of which, if you don't get it in context, you're not going to see that it really is a good thing, such as if this 60,000 you know, sworn affidavits you know, get thrown out, let's say they show pictures of, of all these aides in these in these offices at the state the so-called Washington State Capitol, throwing out all the the paper um, in the dumpster or something to you know defiantly and disrespectfully 
everybody's going to get, I can guarantee it right now, they're going to get cynical and say, well, that's, that's all that's going to amount to. Whereas I put it at the, next, at the positive news agenda, I'm going to put it right at the top because I think it's, it, you know, this week, next week, because I think it's a really positive development given what we've just had this discussion on during this, during this program. And then, and then you have a seemingly negative thing, and it actually can mean something positive. Ukraine, I believe, is, is seemingly very negative right now, but there's also, also things, secret things that have been going on there, including with the Biden administration and the Biden family, that are about ready to be revealed. There are certain, there's certain amount of disclosure, that's, big amounts of disclosure, as a matter of fact, that's going to happen there from other information that I've been getting. Um, I, I think it's going to be a blessing. And, and also keep in mind, and I've quoted this before, the Blessed Mother at Fatima and at Medjugorje later in, in the 20th century, and also Edgar Cayce, just before the end of World War II, they were all basically stated, Russia shall be the salvation of the earth. And I think we better keep open on that because Edgar Cayce was known, for one, was known to be extremely accurate. What he said, I don't think Edgar Cayce was a liar or a disinfo agent. I think it might be wise to keep open to what he was saying. And also the Blessed Mother, who I don't think comes to the planet. She doesn't come that often. But when she comes, she generally has something to say that is valid and is prophetically accurate. So I, rather than jumping to conclusions, I think we better keep open on it. And I'm not saying we have to immediately embrace something that we're, we're really repelled by or, have, or having a reaction to. But I'm saying people get mad at me a lot of times because even though I think you have gotten that I'm a rather decisive person, <laughs> to say the least, I also have the capacity for keeping my mind open and getting two streams of it or maybe even more than two streams of information and not making a, a decision and, and reporting on it until I am, I am fairly certain from, from evidence that I've gotten both within and without that one of those streams of information is correct. And we've got all kinds of streams of information coming at us at this point, more than ever before. It's a tsunami of information. And so we have to be extra discerning and extra balanced in the way we keep and open in the way we handle the information. And that is a function of spiritual maturity, which is what Stephanie was talking about. We have to go within ourselves and develop this. And it includes equanimity that doesn't get thrown off balance and, and goes after other people. And, and it also is, is, I think, very destructive for people who are basically aligned, go after each other, you know, and, and um, condemn each other and this sort of thing. Sometimes that's in order. Somebody's a disinfo agent or a, a, you know, a, a, a disinfo or a, somebody who's come in, a divider, somebody who comes in to create problems deliberately. I've actually seen it even in the transpartisan movement where I was facilitating us a lot, where somebody would come in and deliberately try to destroy the meeting. Um, so this happens. But I also think uh, there, there needs to be a, a degree of spiritual maturity so that when you put something like the positive news addendum or other positive news out, people are, aren't just going to ignore it and keep going around it with their, I'm, I'm calling it mental mastication, but there's something else I could say that rhymes with that, very similar, and it would be more what I feel. And they just ignore good news or they, they, um, they, um, dismiss it, or they're beyond that, they condemn it and say you're a disinfo agent or some other such thing. We've got to open our minds and hearts. You know, to take in the amount of... <coughs>
Come in. What was that? I think Putin was on the call and he just passed gas. That's my guess. I think you're getting chats from Talkshu or something. Because I, I, I hope, I hope you get those guys off the call. Who's ever bothered you? Oh boy. No, seriously, guys, I, I don't want to. Uh, this is serious stuff, and, and please, the consecration of Russia that that Rebecca is talking about at Fatima, the events of Fatima, 1917, uh, is extremely extremely important. If you've not followed the events of Fatima, at the very end, it's the consecration of Russia that is one of the capstones of the whole, uh, uh, not, not only the secrets of Fatima, but the third secret and, and the consecration of Russia were like the last two very important messages that were delivered by the Blessed Virgin. Yes. And, and several days after she indicated that something was going to happen in Russia that wasn't wasn't seemingly that very good, a, a day or two later was when the Bolshevik Re- Revolution and the bloodbath yep. began in Russia. So she, what exactly. she said actually the happened. Month. The same huh? month. Yep. The same, just within with less than a month later, less than a couple of weeks later, it happened. Yes. And then the third secret, which was given to Lucia, um, the one who was the survivor for quite a while into the late 20th century, uh, the, the oldest girl, um, that was that was hidden, but it, it got leaked by Der Spiegel, Der Spiegel and I, I think it's for real. And the secret of the, the third secret, the one they didn't want, the Vatican didn't want out, was what she was talking about, the pedo, pedo predator and satanic networks that were in the Vatican. Satan shall, it said something like, Satan shall invade the highest reaches of the Catholic Church, and priests shall fight priests and bishop bishop. So, and she went on in this vein, exposing what was, the, you know, the evil and that it invaded the Catholic Church. Corruption. So I, I take the Blessed Mother seriously, not and not only for that, but interventions that she's made in things when I've been, I'm being of service to others. And my life was in danger when I was very young. I was one of the people who also, by order, pioneered the battered women's shelters. And the family shelters where you would have domestic violence situations, angry partners and husbands attacking the, you know, the, the, the centers where we were, were keeping the women and children. And I was, I was one of the administrators in my early 20s. And they had guns. They, they were high on meth a, lot, you know, a couple of times. The police were even oh scared God. to people. And I, as a young woman, using the power of God, would use the, would use the weapons of my voice, which is extremely powerful, to disarm people coming after the women and children. And I know this type of power. And that, and I think we all have this power, but people aren't pushed to the brink like I, I've been so many times in my life to the point where somebody said I had two teams of overworked guardian angels. Psychic once told me that. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> and, and that's that probably thing. true that I've survived this long. So yeah. I, I just turned 70, incidentally, Steve, so I'm a, I'm a year older than you are. So oh. anyway. When's your, birthday? When's your birthday, Rebecca? August 22nd, 20, uh, 1951 is my birthday. August 27th, 2nd, okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, you can probably do something oh. with that numerologically. I'll run the, I'll run I'll run some numbers on you. <laughs> I've studied numerology okay. too. So I know something about it, but we can talk later <laughs> about it. So anyway, yes. I think I think it's good that like sometimes we have spontaneous things happen in these discussions, such as what happened because it illustrates some of the things we were talking about. And, and we can possibly work it out, and we can we can have a have an illustration of of like Jesus said, going to your brother and sister and talking things out with them, putting putting uh, reconciliation before worship. Most so-called Christians do not do, I know from experience. But if people had heeded that from Matthew 18, the second half of Matthew 18, we wouldn't have the problems on this this earth that we have now. And as part of our new types of organizations, you know, with the self-organizing systems, that has to be an integral part. Conflict resolution has to be an immediate conflict resolution. has to be an immediate part. Then we don't have things like Ukraine happening. And we can't leave it up to governments to, to do that. Governments don't, the way they are constituted now, do not do it. They, In fact, they do the opposite. Why we have to rethink what what we want is governance. Okay. Well, Rebecca, thank you for coming on the show tonight. Anybody else, would you like to make a comment? And Stephanie, thank you for bringing in your voice, your positive voice on the call tonight. Pre- really appreciate it. Um, you might be nothing to me. And, uh, Let's all pray for the Ukraine, the people, uh, the innocent people in the Ukraine. Uh, they need our thoughts. They need our prayers. Uh, a dear lady uh, served our family for a few years with our youngest son, uh, Larissa. She's directly from the Ukraine. I, I, I gave her a call and texted her as soon as the war broke, broke out. Her family at the time uh, was okay. But uh, that's it was a week later. I need to need to touch base with her. But she was uh, always telling me over the years uh, her country was so corrupt. It was just it was beyond. You know, she said um, we just lost hope, and it was so deep, so dark, so corrupt for so many years that uh, uh, her only avenue was to leave the country and uh it's a beautiful country obviously she still has relatives back there but she's glad to be in america and we're not perfect here and our country's being destroyed but um we have to keep the faith um well, but, uh, go ahead somebody want to say something no it's a betty well, the hard part of all this is you get, you really have to t- uh, turn the news off. I know. And and uh, learn a different way because everything is so untruthful uh, now. And this is this is what happens because I even myself I I just I don't really. I thought one way, and then I I, I talked, uh, and I, I I then I learned another way, and so uh, I I'm like confused. <laughs> now I'm yeah. confused, but to me I felt instead of staying confused, I just 
put it out there and, you know, hope it's for the best because the only thing that we can do at this point, because the news is so horrible, you you don't know which way to go. You don't really know what's what's what. I I have a feeling there is a reason why it's... I the only thing I feel is I hope there's all this going on that a lot of innocent people will die. That's my big big thing. So I just we have a beautiful earth and and beauty all around us, but all of this terrible stuff going on in the world is hard to you know it's hard to determine. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Betty. For, I will uh, say, if, if you truly seek the truth within yourself, not going like Betty is talking about, like going here, here, hither and yon, looking outside yourself in, in various, you know, authority figures and, and media pundits and you know, and this sort of thing, you will be shown the truth. You will be right. shown it. Right, and then it'll avoid. Uh, that, that, that tension that's there, that, that we can yeah. get along better. Yeah. And, and this morning was an example of that, where, where I began what I said with, um, I knew basically what, I, what, I, what Fred and Dee Dee were asking me to talk about, but I was trying to see the angle, you know, the best angle to do it, where it would be really pertinent and helpful to everyone listening to the call or participating yeah. and or participating. And, I was given these images both in a dream and then also just coming into my inbox that exactly showed me that the image of the geese came into my inbox and I then I saw it in the dream too. So when you get that kind of it's like prophetic vision that yeah. where you're where you're spoken to by the spirit and symbolism. And if you've got more of a prophetic gift, which unfortunately I have, it's the least popular of the seven spiritual gifts, I can assure you. Um, <laughs> um you, it, um, oh, it's real. And then later, what I find is I have a very strong, obviously a very strong thinking function too, intellectual function, oftentimes then through other means because I can see patterns and that sort of thing. I will, I'll, I'll be shown later why and be given the evidence of it. I'll be given the actual impression that I know it's true, but I don't know exactly why. And then later the evidence will come in. So you're not just yeah. left in the dark with with this sort of prophetic vision or intuitive thing uh, abilities that we have to start developing because of what everybody has been saying, which I agree with. But you, if Jesus said, "Shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free," although I think Gloria Steinem said, "But first it may piss you off," which which is certainly true for most people who don't realize it yet. And then also, you will be shown it. Seek and ye shall find. So I think all of this is being fulfilled, and with the high energy coming in, I think it like it's sometimes breathtakingly instantaneous. If you ask, it'll hit you in the face right away. And sometimes it's not something that you want to see about yourself or a situation or somebody else, but it'll be true, and you can act on it in a constructive way if you if you um, are operating in a from from your inner self. Well, Rebecca. Uh your image of the geese flying is apropos because I'm doing the call from Midway Airport, just just south of Midway Airport. It was Chicago's original airport, 
So you have uh, big uh, he- heavenly bodies with with wide wings and carrying uh, people up and down throughout the heavens. So hopefully safe, safely. Uh, but I've got to get home tonight, <laughs> safe and sound. Uh, okay. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, thank Stephanie. You. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Steve, uh, uh, Betty, and Dee uh, Dee, thank you so much. Uh, we've got some bad weather here. It's starting to snow pretty hard here in Chicago. But uh, anyone oh, no. want, to make, want, want to make some final comments? Dee Dee, want to make the final comment? Me? Is Dee Dee still there? Oh, you. Dee yeah. Oh, you want to yeah. Make the final oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank Rebecca. It was delightful to have you on. I really appreciate what you had to share there. And since I'm staying in Washington State at the moment, I was really happy to to hear about that and what Cliff is doing there as well. Um, It is a beautiful state, and I'm glad you're there as one of our major freedom fighters, girlfriend. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) And thank you, Stephanie, too. And thanks, Fred and Steve and everyone. And my 94-year-old mom is still out there. Rebecca, yeah. Hanging in there. <laughs> yeah. I met her once. Yeah, we had a great, great celebration. Uh, she's still at home, but uh, yeah, I'd say a prayer for her. She's she's uh, quite a patriot, quite a freedom fighter in her own way. No, no, no email, no cell phone, no internet, and she 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 listens to lots of books on tape, and she loves to talk. <laughs> And she listens to you, too. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, yeah. And we did have a breakthrough. Uh, uh, my sister and my brother and I were all out there. There was no, no big blow-up in the family. It was a good, it was a good few days. Uh, oh, good. Um, Glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm still working. I'm trying to get Johnny Muriel and... Uh, and his wife Jan on for the harmonic concordance. I still haven't been able to get him confirmed yet, but I was trying to do that uh, over the last couple of weeks. But I'm going to keep keep trying. So anyway, uh, well, keep keep the prayers coming, guys. Thank you so much. And we are in this new format. We're going to we're going to try to do a, a, a one project call a month, one guest call a month, and then the other two open mics type of thing. I think that's what's settling out right now. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll probably have an open mic next week and, and, and maybe a project call in two weeks. Our project call has been focused on the grand jury information that we've been working on, and uh, we'll, we'll keep that going. We have Patrick Riot coming out with a new, uh, new development. Uh, maybe he'll be on in three to four weeks. And we gotta we gotta have Bob Schultz back always. So hopefully he's okay. Anybody want want to share one last thing or updates or anything else before we close out the call? Anyone wants to mention something? Feel free. Oh. Okay, you better we'll go home, Fred. <laughs> yeah, I gotta get home. We'll see you guys. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Rebecca, and everyone. My pleasure. God bless. Friend. Yep. God bless. Take care. God bless everyone. Bye bye. Thanks, Steve. Good night. Okay, it's right. Hi. A U N American Underground Network.
Edie, are you there? 